The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. They're incredible. I mean, it's just it's not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barcelona Femini. Like, they're just incredible. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Vinnie Perth is with us. Uh, Vinnie, good morning to you. How are you? Morning. How are you doing? Um, you were saying Shane was blasphemous for putting the World Cup in the orange a little bit earlier on. Yeah. For um, If it was non-football reasons, okay. But for anything football, I think the World Cup has been brilliant for me. It has been absolutely brilliant. And I was... Um, I was trying to debate uh, whether it's one of the best of all time and in my lifetime it's right up there. We've had some good ones to be fair in 98 or whatever but I think this has been brilliant. I think it really has been an outstanding tournament. Why? What's the... Um, I suppose someone from Little All Ireland who coached the Little All League of Ireland team in Champions League football I'm watching the emergence of these new teams. I can see why it's happening. Um, you can see like... Last night, uh, within a half an hour of the England game being over, there was a 51-page document on uh, every stat on that, right? Uh, and now, they, uh, Ronnie was giving out about it on commentary. Yeah, yeah. 51 pages, one game, what? I'm well, like, come on, Ronnie. Yeah, so this is some of the drawbacks for me and um, of the World Cup. is, I'm not talking about Ronnie. Uh, I actually have met Ronnie a good few times. Great. But some of the analysis of punditry around it hasn't been brilliant. Because it's been such a good spectacle, I've been disappointed in that. So I was listening to one show yesterday um, talking about the surprised that um, in the France game, the opposition France played, sorry, Poland have had so much of the ball, 45 to 50. I'm going, have you not been watching France for the last four years, lads? I find myself shouting at the TV, so go off and make a cup of tea and come back. Because France let you have the ball, right. by and large. But, yeah, and sorry, to go back to the 51-page document, Yes, there's some nonsense in it, there's some different things. But the key to it all is, every team now is completely and utterly prepared for the opposition they play against. Mm-hmm. There's no surprises, and it hasn't led to stale matches. It hasn't. Maybe the start of the games have been a little bit stale, but by the time the game has moved on, I think uh, it's been fascinating. And that has given the so-called smaller nations a better, better chance, and has made it one of the most competitive World Cups we've seen. Um I'm all in favour of the smaller nations. Obviously, like you know, yeah. this is good sure, for us in, yeah. in, in the long run. Um, I also do feel like for it to be a truly great World Cup, we want to see the big nations at the end coming through. So we, we'll see if anything happens now over the next while. But um, you're making a point this morning to us that uh, seems counterintuitive that the five subs rule is actually benefiting these smaller nations. Yeah, uh, again, going out to punditry is like it's a little bit. And again, football's about opinion, and life's about opinion. I'm not sure. Um, in in life anymore you can be centrist or whatever the right word is you have to be either left and shout and right and shout but if you actually it's so easy just to throw out five substitutes to big teams and when you look last night it definitely England's substitutes were brilliant and they made a huge different top class players but actually if you go back to the sort of three main upsets if you go back to Saudi Arabia Japan and South Korea the difference there was those five like Again, going, when you think of these statistics, every team now is running uh, the team statistics in around 112, 114, 15 kilometres in the game. So it takes a huge amount of effort to do that. Teams are turning up able to do that now. The five subs helps. So if you're, and it also breaks up the game. So I, I, I've been a coach with a five 
team uh, five sub rule and all of a sudden the opposition are making now you can only do it three times it's breaking the flow and you're making your own subs as well late in the game that Argentina game um, we all go back to it being a brilliant moment there was a lot of stop starting you can't get your rhythm players can't go and, it, and at times it's helping the opposition uh, to hit those statistics that they need to do to match the very very top teams so if, if you think about it, you've got 10 outfield players and you're able to replace 50% of them. So the running power that's needed in the game now, you've got 50% chance of freshening up your team and bringing on people who know what they're doing. And it, and where it helps the, the smaller nations is most of the players are even enough. You look at the Irish squad, easy. Most of our players are standard-wise in around the same. So you're not bringing on really poor players it's not a massive change no. and it's really helping the teams and I think the easiest thing to throw out is well this is going to suit the big teams like Man City can make five changes and it does help them when they're winning a game but if you're not winning a game you need to change the flow of a game if you're Pep you're looking at the opposition going oh not another substitute well it's been really interesting to note that he when he's losing games Yes. Very frequently makes no changes, or like very late in the day will make some changes. Yeah, and it's uh, you talk, we use the word the rhythm of the game, and you see what's happening, and and it's a big thing for me. It's a bit like the the um, the amount of stoppages. Um, I've been saying on this show or doing co-coms about it's scourging our game. There was there was a free kick a couple of days ago um, in one of the games, and it took nearly three and a half minutes for that free kick to be taken. Because there were changes to be made? There was, no, it was only one sub, but the referee had to get the wall back. He had to then speak to someone. Then there was a little bit of pushing in the box and he goes over there. The next time you see a penalty, watch what, what the referee does. He'll go to the keeper and tell him, stay on your line and he'll do all this. And yeah. Some do it more. He'd then go to the edge of the box and he'd speak to the players. And then he may blow the whistle down or there may be some incidents where two lads are pushing on the box. And then the guy gets to take the penalty. It is... The flow of the game has gone ridiculous and we have to fix it. Normally you have time to go and put the kettle on when the penalty gets awarded and yeah. you still get back in to, to see yeah. it. Yeah. So it is, it's dragging the life out of it. Okay, so the, that um, distance and high-speed running of the weaker teams is as good as the top teams. Is that having an, an, an obvious immediate impact on results or is it just putting them in games that maybe in the past they would have been overawed or not, uh, they would have been overmatched in the last 10-15 minutes it's, it's keeping them in games longer is that the impact of that? Yeah absolutely so you, you look at the top players generally like you, you look at the game last yesterday France and um, Poland Mbappe's two big moments were world class um, Poland had to go for it so they weren't they were 1-0 down Maddie Cash if you actually watch um, um, the, the, the second French goal Maddy Cash, and this is where France, it's a tricky one for them, and I know you've discussed them already, you won't go overboard with it, but Mbappe cheats, he cheats on the left, doesn't run back, doesn't press, but when he gets the ball he comes alive, and that's a French tactic, they let opposition have the ball at times. So Maddy Cash has an opportunity, if you watch the goal back, but he actually go back maybe 45 seconds, Maddy Cash gets freedom to break, he played really well in the game, his cross is under hit, and it's cleared, France cleared, and it's a 3v3, ball breaks to Mbappe, and it's a bit of class, okay? But the difference is, will a top team and a top right-back really punish them because Mbappe's cheating? Or are you brave enough as a Southgate to go to uh, Kyle Walker or Trippier? Go on, exploit what he's going to leave in behind us. And and that's the fascinating part of the top teams now matching up against each other. But there's there's them moments where... um, 
if 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 you're still in games like Graeme Graham Hunter spoke brilliantly on the show uh, I was listening to in the gym um, maybe last week about the Argentine-Japan or Argentina-Saudi Arabia game it was only two moments of brilliance and the rest was just the old-fashioned hard work desire five changes as I said freshness and it's keeping teams and it's keeping games alive <clears throat> The importance of the press has been something that's been obvious in the World Cup but you've also kind of pointed out the <clears throat> teams like France and Argentina letting other teams have the ball that there seems to be elements of that yeah um, again going back to the, uh, the French game is a good example because it's fresh in our mind pundits are, are going god you know Poland have 45-46% of possession yeah because that's the manager's style in France it's, it's let them have it um, wait for little moments and then you don't have Mbappe running after the ball closing people down press 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 when he needs to do his magic he's fresh He's hungry, he's got all that desire and he'll run all over teams. And I think um, you, you see it with England at different stages, they'll press. It's it's become, you know, we all talk about Jurgen Klopp had this really high press, high energy. And we've seen a lot of teams, it's called mid-block now in football, where they'll, and again, going back to our 51-page document, they're actually measuring where teams' defensive line starts from, from the edge of the box. Um, it's become part of... The Arsene Wenger is, is, is controlling all this but it will give you if you think a team like France they won't press as high as a team like uh, we'd say USA who've been brilliant at it and and you'll see all these different sort of uh, differences but a lot of teams now aren't uh, solely focused on controlling the ball for a long period of times again you, you, you think about the Dutch it's not about that no, it's, it's, it's about um, conserving your energy and using your really top-class players at the right moment. Uh, what are the other trends? The number nine, the the disappearing number nine. Well, well, I'll throw one back to you. Is who's the best centre forward in in the World Cup? Normally, you go back all the years. The closer coming, all of a sudden, turns up for Germany or Lineker. If you want to go back to the eighties, where who is it at the moment? Richardson. Yeah, <laughs> and we're not developing in in world football because when the likes of Pep went to four three three and played false nines, like. Whether it's in Ireland, whether it's in England, whether it's in Ecuador, the four four two is gone. So therefore, the law of averages tell you uh, under eights, nines, tens, all the way up, you've not got two centre forwards. You've only probably got one. Mm. And we're developing a hell of a lot more players, to be fair, who play wide, whether it's Rashford, whether it's uh, Foden, Mbappe. Um, Mbappe, brilliant people, uh, Gecko, all of these people. And we're developing a lot of... Um, midfielders like you know you look at Spain um, and Pedri and, and these people but we've stopped developing world class centre forwards maybe to be fair the best one his team haven't qualified in Haaland but beyond that there is a real real shortage of what you would call out now centre forwards and you'd have to wonder is it a long term trend or are we going to have to say there'll be a counter cycle again where someone comes and says, says Four four two. I'm going to go with that, and then that sets a trend throughout world football, and we start developing again because they they simply aren't there. Um, we've talked a good bit about, uh, I think, on the show, Messi. You know, naturally enough, yeah. over the course of the tournament. Um, but the, the next generation of footballers who are taking over the world are announcing themselves, and like Bellingham is in the vanguard of that. Everybody knew Jude Bellingham was really good. Yes. Um, but the fact that he's doing it in the World Cup and staying on his feet when he could easily go down. And uh, in, in pressure moments, um, that's impressive. Mbappe, obviously, this is going to be the second World Cup where he's 
been absolutely astonishing. Yeah, but do you not think we all missed a trick? Generally, when the best player in the world turns up at a World Cup, his team are are, are, are the dog's dinner. We sort of forgot about France a little bit. And Mbappe can win a World Cup on his own. What's been fascinating is the amount of top players in, because we are technically mid-season, who look like now they're finished, whether it's Lewandowski, Suarez, I know they were gone, Eriksen looked like he's short, um, Garrett Bale, his time is up, is is the German goalkeeper now finished, is that him? There's so many, Cavani, Thomas Muller, so many Belgians. top players. Yeah. Oh, you could name one Belgian player, but you could probably say the Belgian squad is finished, the Germany squad is now third. Um, De Bruyne looked looked like he needed to be playing a better team. We still think he's world class, but so many Gundogan looks like you're going. Is he is he about to be passed now? Because there's so many exciting players all over the world that have emerged in this tournament, and and they've been coming. It's not like uh, a World Cup where someone has a great tournament for a Cameroon or Senegal. We're going. We'll have a look at him. Well, no, these are developing nicely at top European clubs. And even ironically, the likes of France benefiting perhaps from Benzema not being in the team. Like, well, Giroud clearly benefiting, but France as a whole seemed to be doing well without him. But we always worried about French midfield. Mm. And, like, you've got Caravinga not getting into the team, who's, I, I think, a potential superstar if he, if he goes on the next year or two at Real Madrid. He's sort of slowly developing into that team. Um his teammate has got in ahead of him again only 21 the amount of 21 22 year old players that are there and have shown how good they are has been outstanding like in this World Cup I was thinking about that from an Ireland perspective it's like stick them in stick the kids in and like that's you know anyway, but, but the other thing is um, I think it was Eamon Sweeney's piece yesterday was talking about the amount of managers in the independent that are from the home nations like Australia USA and they've gone and done a root and branching in these countries, in Australia, in, in the USA. And it does take time, but the benefits there, you know... They're long-term and they're forever. Yeah, yeah. but we, we're not allowed to look long-term. No. You know, we have to look no. through English rose-tinted glasses every let's, week. Let's get a quick fix. Kevin Caban is with us as well, live from Qatar. Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, Jay. How are you getting on? Yeah, good. Good night last night, was it? No, I tell you, there's no nights here at all. I keep saying this to you. Honestly, <laughs> I, I fell asleep last night about 6 a.m. Honestly, I've, my sleep pattern's all over the place. And uh, that's the longest sleep I've had. I managed to get about five and a half hours this morning. And then I missed, as you know. So sorry, lads. Sorry. No worries. No worries. This morning. What's, uh, sure, we, we got there in the end. Uh, we've been chatting with, yeah. with Vinny about some of the trends that we've seen so far. Um, yeah, I've just been listening to it. Really interesting. Very, very good, actually, the, the stuff that I've just been listening to there. Yeah. What are you seeing, or what are you what are you hearing from people talking about stuff? Um, we, we're kind of quite isolated, really. What we're doing, I've, I've only actually got the chance to to get to two games. We're kind of just going between here, the hotel, and the studio most days, try and get bits of work done around the games that we're doing. I was doing the second game last night, so I was doing the England game last night, and I'm hoping to get to Morocco, Spain, in a couple of days. But it's it's really interesting saying about the trends and. You know, is is this tiredness? I know Martinez spoke of it with Belgium. Um, who was the other the coach? Oh, the Serbian coach was actually talking about it as well, talking about Juve, the Juve players that were in the Serbian team, how tired they were when they met up with the squad. There is the, the it's certain sides they haven't looked fresh. They haven't looked like they've come into the tournament where they've had that little bit of a week's break, like most sides do. If it's a three or a four week um, 
change between the season finishing and a World Cup starting. And then it kind of builds back up for it during that next two weeks into the tournament. And sides haven't had that. That you know, Most teams played on the Saturday and the Sunday. They met up on the Monday and then they have five days, six days to prepare for the first match. So I think it has been something that's been spoken about. The A lot of teams don't look as fresh as maybe one or two others. But in saying that, if I looked at the South American team, certainly if I looked at, say, say Brazil in that first game, and I know Brazil had a great squad, but Brazil seemed to, just going back to what uh, to what Vinny was saying earlier about the freshness of players, if you look at Brazil, Brazil were a slow burner going through the first half of games. And then when they introduced substitutes, who, whether or not it was having something to prove or whether or not the, the, the freshness of bringing four or five subs into the game, Brazil in the last 20 minutes of, of Serbia game, I was at the Switzerland game, the tempo they were setting, and even Argentina as well in their second game, I think it was, that certainly the, um, no, the Poland game, the third match, the tempo in the last 20 minutes of the game was definitely on a higher level than the first 15, 20 minutes of that match. Do you think of, um, you said you wanted the Morocco game, like how far away are we now from an African or Asian team winning the World Cup? Are we getting any closer? Um well, I told you that I fancied, I, I actually do fancy Morocco to beat Spain. Um, and that's down to, from what I've seen. And again, you may be judging it from the from the Belgium game. I, obviously, I saw them live against Canada. Uh, sorry, I was at the three Canada games as well. So I did see Belgium, Croatia and, and Morocco live as well. I, I think if an African team is going to win it, I think it might be one of the, the North African teams, i.e. Egypt, uh, Morocco, Morocco's development of players. If you look at their squad, look at their certainly starting eleven in the last game. There, and I, I used to say this when I played when I played for Ireland myself. You you kind of look at the clubs and you you're saying right, well he's at Fiorentina, he's at uh, PSG, he's at wherever, whichever club they were at. Probably when I was playing, and you kind of get fixated with the, the the club that a team's at because you think well yes, top players because they're at that team. But I always tried to have it in my head that. Look, whoever they're at, you know, whether that was, you know, Figo or um, Risinger when he was at when he was at Barcelona, don't play the club, just play the player. And invariably, once that game starts and you're getting into a rhythm of the match, yes, they do have quality moments in the game, but you do feel at home when you're playing against these guys simply because of the physical nature that maybe I could bring when when I was playing in the game. So, um, Although Morocco, as I said, they've got a lot of these players and they're all at top clubs. I think as a team, I think the organisation, I think they can score from a set piece. They like to pass. They like to, to play through midfield as well. They've got three brilliant three brilliant midfielders, but they've also got a bit of class out wide as well. That's that's probably why I fancy one of those uh, North Moroccan sides. In, in answer to your question, Shane, I think we're still a little bit off. Certainly Brazil, Argentina and certainly three or four of the European sides, they're still a little bit of a way off, but we may see it maybe in, in two World Cups where they can actually reach that level. Are you nodding your head at the Morocco thing there? or Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you look at the squad um, of, of players they have and where they come from. Um, but again, it's not good football. Kev's right, they could, they could definitely beat Spain. But the difference, I would say, I um, don't know whether Kev agrees, the difference is... With the with the top, particularly European nations, or whether it's Argentina, Brazil, they have them one or two players that are just a level above, and it, go back to Mbappe yesterday. Two moments because he was average in the game. Mm-hmm. Average, average is the wrong word, mm. but two moments of just sheer brilliance. End of story. Game over. Thanks, and and most of the top teams have that. 
Um, can I yeah, ask you? I, I'd, I'd say that too, Vinny, as well. Um, maybe I, I, I absolutely have seen that one or two players are definitely making a difference in moments. As you said before, I heard you talking about Japan guys and I heard you talking about one or two of the other games. It has been moments that have actually killed off teams. If you look, you know, Senegal actually did, did did well, didn't they, for the first 35 minutes mm. of the game. Yeah. And then Bellingham makes one run where he bursts a line and they seem to they just couldn't they couldn't cope with that just one bit of movement you know you get yourself back in the, in the shape of two banks of four as it was they can they, I thought Senegal last night followed a bit of a template of how USA did it and I thought the weakness from in that USA game they should I thought they should have played Trent Alexander Arnold in that match in particular because I felt that the out ball was getting into wide areas whereas England are constantly looking into midfield to get Declan Rice into the game and what the USA did and what Senegal did they just kept the, the two strikers back into position to prevent that first ball going in. So they were playing off a pivot at times to prevent the ball going into Rice. And uh, I I just feel that, as what I was saying there, is little moments, that moment from Bellingham just opened the game up. And that's what we're seeing, I think, throughout in in various matches. Yeah, and the game intelligence. I know Nadam discussed earlier on, but the movement or the intelligence of Jordan Henderson Mm. of that ball over the top just to change up the game and he's played in some of the best games in the world and the best example of that is if you go back to when Rashford came on uh, ball set for Henderson no even thought about it one over the corner um, Rashford's in a brilliant pass and Harry Kane misses it by half an inch that sums up the game intelligence of Jordan Henderson and um, we, we can all knock different people but that's where They've got the experience, Champions League football, top end football. Well, it's interesting, Vinny. Vinny, you know, just to say, Vinny, on the, you know, maybe we're asking about North African. I'm talking about North African teams or African teams, and you talk about European sides having that advantage. Is that coaching development from a younger age? Do you feel that could be that could be the difference, or is it something something else that you're seeing? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely. Um, particularly someone like Henderson or whoever it is, if you're in that England squad, you've played high-level football from probably England under 14, 15, 16, 17. Um, they've, they've, they're now challenged. You speak to... Um, I recently was speaking to Paddy McCarthy, um, who had a great career in England. He's working at Crystal Palace under... It's now 21s. Yeah. And you speak to Paddy and the amount of development that goes on with these players. And... It's starting to happen. You, you, you don't tell me that the likes of America won't know how to develop players in the next five, ten years. They will have every single system in place that it takes. So it, it is starting to level itself out, but it's just more experience of young players being able to play at the highest level or Henderson win the Champions League football I think it's game. also the amount of players playing at the highest level. So without Sadio Mane in the team, they yeah. didn't, the Senegal didn't have recourse to somebody at that level. Like um, If England were to lose any of their best players, they have somebody who's fairly close in standards to... Yeah, yeah and, but the other thing is, like, like take Ireland and Wales, not to go off script there, really quickly. The difference is... Both squads are similar. Look at the Wales midfield squad. It's made up of players, championship, different things. But for the last sort of eight years, they've had one difference. Yeah. Garrett Bale. Yeah. Mm. And mm. once you have that, it gives you a hell of a chance. If you've got one world star, if we if we had a, a world star, hey, we, we could be there ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Not to put any pressure on anybody, but no. uh, t- time is ticking here, lads. Come on. <clears throat> uh, last yeah, last question. Uh, the um, the Jordan Henderson game intelligence, you, you missed it earlier with um, Nader Manua on, Kevin. He was saying that, I'm not sure who gets the credit for it, but that uh, Saka had 
um, not made a run. Henderson balled him out for like 10, 15 seconds and all of a sudden everybody started making runs. Now, to, to, to like change the tempo of the game, I don't know, does Southgate get some credit for that? Because like, that's been the thing that people have held against him. Doesn't really have it in game, but if they are now able to change stuff in games, because I, I had the first half hour down to a little bit of nervousness and pressure, but actually they just the the form wasn't right. They weren't doing the things they were supposed to be doing, and a, a, a technical tactical fix changed. It wasn't like a penny dropped or they got to grips with the occasion. It was like actually they started doing something different and it had an impact. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I actually felt that Southgate changed it in running as well in. Um what was the, the third game? Was it Wales as well? He, 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 he's changing up a couple of things. And I think I've certainly noticed with Southgate, I think that's the one thing from the Euros four years ago where he stuck with that rigid side. And I know they got to the final, but you kind of felt with England it was just about the, the shape of the side that we're going to stop side scoring and we're going to work our way through our tournament, plan our route to the final. I do think that by by playing Foden, maybe bringing Foden into the game, it certainly changes the dynamic of, of if he's just going to be coming off the line, the less of the, less of the well, they obviously went with the two, wasn't it, in the first game? Henderson coming in, I think changing from changing from the two four two three one with with Mason Mount playing as a ten, and as I said to you, I thought Mount played well, and I think Mount can actually play as an eight. But by changing to, to Rice on their own and bringing Henderson into the game and, and Bellingham, Bellingham seems to suit. That, that style, I'd feel, within the system. I mean, I mean in, in relation to Saka's run for the goal as well, I just felt Saka just was just desperate to get between the goal. His run actually attracted um, uh, Jacobs, wasn't it? Jacobs, the fullback from from Senegal, when they were when they were both going in as Bellingham was moving down the left, and Jacobs actually had Henderson. But what he what he did, I think he just caught um, Saka in his eye line, and he checked off for a split second. And in that split second, it just freed Henderson just. If you look at it from the tactical cam from the top of the screen, it, it was it's, it's a great shot of it. He kind of just deviates his run for two seconds, and then he can't he can't get back to Henderson in that moment. And that's that's the difference, as we know at this level, it's that 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 thought that thought process as, as Jacobs is getting back into position, he just can't see where the immediate danger is, and he wasn't helped maybe defensively. They're a little bit out of shape, as I spoke of Bellingham's run that that, that created it and things like that, but. I, I do think Southgate has probably learned to change things in running that he didn't do in the Euros. And I think that is what we're seeing from him, whether or not it's going with the two at midfield, it works so well against Iran, having to change against the US. And he didn't really change it against the US, but it was the change that he made later on in that match when he did actually go to to, to one sitting and he used that against Wales. And yeah. that's kind of how they set up in the next few games. Yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely, and it's going to be a great game, England-France. That, that side of the... That the fixtures that we already know are going to be great maybe the do you know what one thing as well I know that you were talking about France there I heard Vinny talking about it honestly France is most important player this tournament and I know Mbappe aside of Mbappe it's been Antoine Griezmann Antoine Griezmann he looks to me like he was at the level that he was at at Atletico before he moved to to Barcelona his work rate playing as a 10 because he's played off the right hand side a lot for France and I think by bringing him as a 10 Dombelli's playing so well out on the right-hand side. There's a great out ball. He wasn't at his best last night, but I think he's playing well. He looks a threat. The work rate, if you look at if you look at the goal, uh, was it Mbappé's, was it the first goal? Look who was clearing the ball in the six-yard box. It was Griezmann. He hooked the ball over his shoulder before that great touch from Giroud that freed up Dombelli before um, Mbappé scored. Yeah. Griezmann is playing so well, Jer, at the moment. I think he's on, he, he has really got, almost got something to prove out here. I think he's playing so well. He nearly hit the uh, the spider cam at that stage. Um, last word to you. Do you have a winner in mind at this stage, or 
Is it okay? Uh, JD asked me this a week or so ago. You still, um, still haven't decided. Like, but in <laughs> fairness, how can you pick a winner? Which is great. Like Brazil can win. I think. I think the, the top. There's probably seven teams that can still win at this stage. I like. Well, if Morocco beats Spain, it'll be great. I really want to see this young Spanish team in a massive game yeah. where they're not expected to win, and the like. There's a, an opportunity for them to step up, and maybe they can. Kill the Ronaldo career. What about what about Holland Argentina? That that's a, that's going to be a great game yeah. tactically. How that's going to set up as well. The jerseys alone. But, you know? but nostalgia, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But is Kev? Where are you on Ronaldo against Messi in the final? Let's <laughs> uh, sort it out. Best player in the world of all time. Honestly, honestly, Vinny, I think if Portugal continues to start Ronaldo, I don't think they get to the final. Oh, they've I, been honestly, so good. Oh, I don't know. They've been yeah, so no, good. Brilliant. But 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 but, uh, but Vinny, honestly, I think that. In the last couple of games, especially, I think that, I mean, he, he obviously, he obviously, Fernandez obviously spoke to Ronaldo in that in that third game and said, "Look, you know, I'm I'm, rend- I'm resting Fernandez, I'm resting one or two others, I'm going to rest you." And he's obviously told him, "I'm playing." I think if Ronaldo plays, honestly, I, I think they're going to get done. I don't think they're going to make it with Ronaldo in the side. If if they leave Ronaldo out, and I think they have a bit more flexibility, I think he's, I I, I still see him as that hindrance now, particularly in this tournament. Yeah. I don't think he, I I I I think. If Ronaldo plays, I don't think they get to a final. That's what I think. All right, and we, without him, I think that I think they've got a great chance. We got to leave it there for now. Kev in Qatar, thanks very much. Vinny in Dublin, thank you very much as well. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.